0: Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we have a guest interview. We are joined by mortgage broker Morgan Owen from Penny Finance to chat all things home loans, interest rates, and property. Some of you may not be across Morgan and her content, but I'm so excited to share the space with her today because Morgan helps people just like you and me turn pennies into property. Morgan's knowledge, content, and Ability to leave you feeling empowered when it comes to money and property is what I love about her Morgan is actually my personal mortgage broker as well and I'm stoked to have her on today so let's get her on hi Morgan how are you hello that was so sweet <laughs> I didn't Thank show you that I was gonna write, no. read that out but it's true bless I love you I'm so glad you're here I love you too <laughs> Thank you. how are you going so
1: good So good. Had a week off last week, which I have not taken a break for about, probably since we've met. I think it was about six years ago that I actually went on a
0: holiday previously. Yeah. I love that. Well
1: deserved, I think. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Definitely. And obviously like this podcast is like about self-care and looking Mm -hmm. after yourself. And what I usually ask our guests, is for there I'm going to ask for your favorite type of self-care activity first and then your highlight gratitude and struggle if you have one and if you're comfortable to share.
1: Oh of course self-care wise so I grew up in the country yeah and there is something about going back to where there's just a whole lot less noise that I find to be you know, there's a lot of self care in that. So, my partner's family, um, you know, they have horses out there and cattle, and there's just something about not having all the people around that just instantly makes me less stressed.
0: Yeah, yeah. So and, and like fresh air as yeah.
1: well. Yeah, like. Crisp country air. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
0: last week I was in New Zealand and talk about crisp air. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Go to Queenstown. Yeah. We were talking off air. I've never been, but it's on my list. So so I'll have to add it. Your photos looked incredible. Thank you. Even though I looked photoshopped in (laughs) because everything is just so stunning.
1: Gratitude. Yeah. We're also talking about that. I think I am so incredibly grateful for the team that I have at the moment. So when I started Penny Finance, it's three years ago, it was just me and Mel at the time. And, and to think that I could take a whole entire week out of the business and everything ran nice and smoothly, came back this week and everything's, everyone's on top of everything. I was like, yes. So I'm so grateful, honestly, yeah. my team, they work so
0: hard and they just care so much. And I love that's that. really hard to find. It's a testament to you because like you, you trained them all and you built that team, but I'm glad that you're able to take that break mm-hmm. and actually get some downtime and then come back and know the business is still fine. Everything's <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> it's
1: survive without me.
0: Yes. <laughs> and I don't know if you want to change your highlights, your highlight New Zealand. Oh yeah. yeah. Has to be. Yeah. Has to be. Has to be. Highlight has to be New Zealand. Well, Queenstown specifically. Yeah, It's
1: there for a week. We did a hike up to the oh. summit of Ben Lamond track, which I didn't necessarily want to do, full disclosure. I was like, it's going to be so hard. Yeah. I'd rather <laughs> chill out. But Axe did not let me do that. We climbed all the way to the summit and I am still sore oh to my prove goodness. it. <laughs> That's full on. Yeah.
0: That's not like a little hike. No, no, no. It's a legit hike.
1: It's a legit hike. Good on you though. Thank you. Thank you. Out of my comfort zone for sure. Absolutely. And I was thinking about that kind of the whole way up, you know, the hard, tough moments where you're like, can I do this? And I just kept thinking about the harder things that I've done and dealt with in my life and being like, come on, Morgan, you can do this. Let's just go. This is just physical. Like mentally you've dealt with a lot more than this. So just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And then Uh. I looked up and there was like a mountain goat. I'm like, how cute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then it'd be something
0: else. And you'd look up and you look at the view and you'd be like, okay. Yeah. It's you peaceful got and beautiful and you've you've got it. Yeah. How beautiful. You would have felt so empowered after that. And do you have a struggle? If- oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Be comfortable to share. Yeah, yeah. Um my
1: look, my biggest struggle is probably the counter of that is actually being able to take a break. Yeah. And actually allowing myself to stop, to walk away. Because that's, you know, as a business owner. You you do, you feel all the pressure, right? It's all on you. If we don't do this, you know, I've got staff to pay. I've got people to look after. I've got myself to look after. So figuring out how to actually take a break at times is absolutely the hardest thing for me. And actually switching off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's one really thing to, to step off. away. It's another thing to completely switch off and and not have your phone just go off all the time because then you may as well just be working. Yeah. Uh, so that is a struggle that I have. It is not definitely not something I figured out. So don't try to ask me about work life balance. <laughs> no, or- <laughs> I was say, I'm not. I'm not the poster girl for that no. either. <laughs> I'm trying to
0: figure that out too. No, still.
1: but I. The other thing I do say though is I'm actually trying to build a life that I don't necessarily feel like I need a break from. Yeah. So yes, I have a, a business. Yes, it's stressful at times, but. I love it. I love what we do and who we help. And yeah, so also grateful for that too.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think I love hearing other people's struggles because it just helps other people in the same boat feel seen. Totally. And I think there'd be so many listeners who resonate with that especially not being able to just like really relax and switch off and like take that step back. But I always say it's a work in progress. We can always try to work on it and not be super hard on ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Cut yourself a break. (gasps) Yeah, absolutely. Now we are going to get into the show. And so Morgan, do you want to tell everybody how we met or how we know each other before (laughs) we get into it? Because Morgan and I go way back. We just spoke off air. I think it was like six or seven years ago that mm-hmm. I met you for the first time. Mm-hmm. In a WeWork co-work space? Yes. Yeah.
1: So I'd gone up to Sydney to do a whole heap of power sessions Yeah, for, you know, just saving and budgeting and trying to figure it all out. And you were one that had booked in. I had. So very much looking forward to meeting you. And from then, we have been through a bit. We have. Been through a bit since then. You've not only gotten on top of your budget, mate, but you have got out of debt. (laughs) You got out of debt. You did. That was a process, right? It was. And there's been so much happening between. And now look at you doing what you love,
0: homeowner, renovated. Yeah. Killing it. Wild. So wild, but I'm so grateful because you have played a massive part in like my journey. And obviously I'm stoked to have you on the show because I feel like you can help so many other people out there, especially young women. That's mainly like the people that listen to this show. And so today we're going to be covering a lot. The first thing I want to get into is what is a mortgage broker? Because I want to like peel it way back and kind of unpack what it is that you do. And what role you would play in someone's process if they are looking to buy a home or mm-hmm. a property.
1: I'll talk about me specifically. because yeah. I mean, mortgage broking is a very broad yeah. term, right? And we don't all do it the same way. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. For me, where you, when you would come to speak to me is when you know that property is going to be in your future yeah okay so you know at some point you want to be able to get into property whether or not that's to own your own property whether or not that's to invest in property you know that that's part of your future and so you want to be able to make sure that all your ducks are in a row so that's where you started right it was like okay well eventually I want to own a home but for now I've just got debt like how do I just get on top of that first so that's where we would start we'd start with where you're at figure out where you're trying to get to, and then essentially I just help you navigate to get there. Some people and and everyone's
0: at a completely different stage. I was going right? to say that because yeah. for everyone listening, when I first sat down with Morgan, I think I was in like 30-ish grand of debt. So I knew I wanted to enter the property market, but I was in a – I was far away from that, but I knew that that was something that I wanted to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you but you recognize that? Yes. You recognize that things needed to change, you know, behaviors needed to change, the way that you thought about money needed to change, the way that you were spending money needed yes, to change. And and change. I am able to have those conversations, I think. So we sort of deep dive into essentially how we've got to where we're at at the moment. No shame, no nothing. Yeah. No like I'm not here to judge, that's not what this is about. But until you can recognize where you're at right now, you won't be able to break the patterns. You won't be able to actually do anything different until you actually start to admit that, okay, yeah, look, great. I'm not great at money. I've gotten myself into this position. But you know what? Also, completely conversely, I have people who are killing it. Yeah. You know, in their early 20s have saved sometimes six figures I've seen. That's amazing. I know, right? And But all of that, if you peel it all the way back, a lot of it comes back to how you brought up with money. Mm Mm-hmm. So either, you know, mum and dad were really great at money and have still instilled really, really good habits within you or potentially not. And then either you've gone down a similar path or you have decided, you know what, that's not what I want and I'm going to go do these things differently for myself. Yeah. So if you absolutely. peel it all the way back, you should be able to find some correlation
0: yeah and I think even for me on my own journey that was like the biggest part like realizing why I behaved the way that I did and like where that came from because I think without acknowledging that like you can't really make that make that change but thank you for going into that I think what would you say are like the benefits for someone to go down a path and use a broker versus like trying to do it themselves Oh, because it's complicated. Yeah, it's so complicated. It's
1: It's complicated. It's a process. And Mm -hmm. you know what? You don't know. This is not your job. This is what we do day in and day out. So once we know that we can actually move ahead and and get a home loan – Our job then is to go out and find you the best option that's suitable for you, okay? So just because you've banked with a particular bank since you are a kid, that doesn't make you a good home loan customer for them. And in (laughs) fact, I've seen it where they get declined because, you know, you are not a suitable client for that bank for whatever reason. And there's so many reasons why that could be the case, okay? In fact, sometimes it can actually work against you to have had banking with a particular bank, especially if you haven't been great. Yeah. You know, if you've had any overdrawings on your account or if you've misused a credit card and gone over the limit or anything like that, the banks don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> they always remember. <laughs> Their system is going to flag that. So there is absolutely instances where it makes more sense to go to a different lender. But that's for us to work out. So we'll sit down, we'll go through your goals, we'll understand what you're trying to do, what you're trying to achieve. Our goal, our job is to then go away and find the best option for you. And where we've got clients with multiple loans, we've got clients with businesses, we've got clients that are looking for commercial property, you know, residential property. It might be that we actually need different banks for all the yeah. different purposes, which is completely fine. Go to a bank though; they're going to try and put you in their box, and if yes. you don't fit in their box, guess what they say?
0: No, correct. Yeah,
1: and then you get disheartened, and then you got to go through the process again. So. As much as, you know, a couple of hits on the credit file for home loans, you know, where it's really intentional is okay. If you're just going into each bank getting
0: declined, that is absolutely going to have a negative impact on your credit as well. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that because I just literally went straight to Morgan for everyone playing (laughs) along because in my mind, I was very much like – I had slowly gotten out of debt, saved up this money. I really didn't want to do it myself because I just thought there's so many things out there that I don't know about. Things like grants that you might be available for or like what banks might be suitable for me. And at the time, I had a different job to what I do now, but I had a lot of expenses because of that job. So it was just all a bit up in the air. But I think what made it worthwhile for me was just how seamless it was and how easy you made it because it's like... I really trust a professional to like do what they're good at Mm -hmm. and like you're really good at home loans or you're really good at money and finance. So why would I go to anyone else? So I think from that ease perspective, from that like less complicated perspective, I'm a big fan of, of obviously you, but yeah, I think going through a broker is much better than trying to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. But, but again, not
1: all brokers are created equal. Yeah. And there's that as well. We spoke about that off air. Yeah. Yeah. So just do you, you know, Ask questions. Yeah. So my the first interaction you'll likely have with me will be a call. So we'll jump on a call together. It'll take about 10 or 15 minutes. It's really a chance for us to just get acquainted and make sure that we're on the same page. I'll understand where you're at, where you're trying to get to and I'll let you know how I can help. And from there, you're going to get a really good sense of whether or not you want to work with me, right? And you should be doing that or trying to do that with anyone else who you might be considering as well. Yes. You know, don't just assume that it's going to be a good fit. Yeah. I have helped plenty of clients who had originally gone to a broker or, or to a bank that aren't set up the way that they should have been, who, yeah. who weren't across what they needed to be. And I, I literally had one the other day. The broker made a mistake that cost these guys like a hundred grand. Oh my God. Yeah. Like first-round buyers. <gasps> oh my God. Brutal. That's fucked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's really bad.
1: And all because they, these guys were
0: eligible for a scheme. Yeah. That they didn't get. Yeah. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. Mm -hmm. It's it's such a like stressful time as well. It's like a lot of money, and I think you even said to me, "It's like the biggest purchase that you will make in your life." And so it's not like don't take it lightly. (laughs) No,
1: don't take it lightly. Take it seriously and ask questions. You know, I I'll often do sessions and I cover a lot, right? So there's a good chance I probably answered all of your questions in my sessions. I do it a lot. But I still want you to try to come up with something. Yeah. Ask some sort of question because I I need to know that you get it. And that's another thing. I'm not interested in just getting you a home loan and doing a transaction and saying, see you later. For me, it's about transforming your financial life. This mortgage is going to play a huge role Mm
0: -hmm. in your money,
1: right? It's going to be the biggest bill probably that's going to come out of that bank account every single month. You want to understand it. You want to make sure it's structured and set up in a way that you get. Yeah. You don't want to be surprised. No.
0: Not at all. And I think you do a good job at making sure that your clients get it as well. So try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to jump into the next question, which is what are your advice or tips to somebody saving for their first home? If they are listening to this for the first time and are not in debt or are thinking this is something I want to do down the track, what would be your tips for them? Step
1: one, budget. And yeah. there are other professionals out there who won't agree with me and don't necessarily think budget works. But to me, if you don't know where you're starting, you you just can't make a yeah. plan, right? So the first step, and I've got a budget template, I'm more than happy to share it, income, expenses, What's left. Okay. Then you can have a really candid conversation with yourself about the what's left and what's happening with that money at the moment. You can also have a look at where the money's going, making sure that that is aligned to your values and you are spending money in the way that you would like to. Because if you want to save for a house, you might have to make some sacrifices. Are you willing to do that? Are you not willing to do that? Once you essentially figure out what that surplus is at the bottom, so essentially how much is left over once you do all your adulting life, how much is left sort of on a monthly basis or a fortnightly basis and that's what you need to be stacking away. Now you also need to restructure how your bank accounts are set up because if they're not set up for success what will happen is your money will evaporate. Yes and this was happening to me <laughs> and you
0: changed my banking setup yeah. and it changed my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly all your money needs a purpose so yeah. if you've got all your money just going into a bank account and just spending out of that bank account Guess what's happening? It's go- spending. It's you spending You're, it's spending, spending, you're it. spending it. That's what's happening. <laughs> I can guarantee you that's yeah. what's happening. You need to separate out your accounts. So you need to have every single dollar that comes in needs to have a purpose. Any money that gets left lying around, guarantee you will get spent. Yeah. So it's about finding those little incremental amounts that are just, you know, fading into the distance Yeah. and saving those dollars because yeah. it will make a huge difference over the long term. People really underestimate what they can achieve over a longer period of time but overestimate what they can achieve in a short amount of time oh yeah I can save 10 grand in three months it's like with what money yeah like if we don't have that surplus there you're absolutely not going to be able to do that yeah doing a budget automating your cash flow and automate that so when the money comes in having it automatically allocate out automatically allocate yourself a free spend amount of money yeah you know you can go nuts with but the rest of it Set aside, because if you're telling me that that's what you really, really want, you'll make the sacrifice for it. I was going to say that
0: when Mm. you know that that's what you want and it's in your plan, then you are willing to make the sacrifice and are willing to... Yeah. Put whatever you need aside and maybe cut out some things or maybe look to like lift your income up in other ways if you can. Exactly. Find other ways to generate income.
1: For sure. For sure. But also checking in with me too. Like that's a good place to start with a, with a broker at that time. And again, not all brokers would actually even speak to you at this point. I was going to say that. Yeah. A lot of them will want you to have the deposit already. Whereas for me, I really noticed a niche, you know, quite specifically with you you and similar clients to yourself where it's like, okay, cool. But how much do you need to save? What, yeah. what deposit even is relevant for you? And then, okay, cool. I've got a deposit, but can I afford the loan? Yes. You know? So that's when I created the penny purchase plan so that we can actually put a plan in place to understand, okay, well, this is our surplus. We're saving this. We'll have a deposit of this. We know we can afford the loan. We know what the repayment's
0: yeah. going to look like. And then that completely opens up a world of like, oh fuck, I can do this. And that's what it did for me. And I think I don't know, it felt like a journey and it still is a journey because like we still check in and whatnot. But I went from like obviously being in debt to then saving and it was kind of like I'd check in with you every time I hit like a savings (laughs) goal. like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you kept me like just on the path. And I don't know, it was nice to have that clarity and focus and even just prove to myself that Mm. like I could actually potentially one day buy a property. Yeah. And you need to be stacking away
1: money because guess what? When you get a home loan, you get a home loan repayment. Yeah. So and you <laughs> gotta, you got to pay that repayment. <laughs> so if you're not putting aside money at the moment, you know, and that's an, another conversation I have. Often I'll have buyers who want to be buyers who will come and they say, out, you know, tell me the maximum, maximum that I can borrow. That's a terrible question. You don't want me to tell you that because you don't want to have all your eggs in this first basket. Let's have a look at what are you paying in rent at the moment if you are paying rent? Yeah. And or what are you saving at the moment? Okay. So let's understand like what that surplus position looks like on a monthly basis. Because if you're, let's just say you've got available money of $3,000 a month. But then you're expecting me to to get your mortgage that's six grand a month.
0: Like, yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Yeah.
1: Why would you put yourself under that sort of stress? I say this all the time. It is not worth it. Yeah. It's not. The stress will not be worth it. What is the point of having this new house if all you can do is sit
0: there and eat noodles? Yeah. Because you
1: can't actually go Enjoy out and live it. your life. Not Absolutely.
0: Worth it. And I, this is not the next question, but maybe we jump into that. The interest rate chat. Tra- Because I feel like that came up so much when I put the question box up, Mm -hmm. literally like one one out of three questions were about the interest rates. And I don't know how far we strip it back, but they're obviously in the media as well. They continue to go up. I think there's obviously a cost of living crisis too. Some listeners listening may even be in that position themselves. So
1: where do we start? (laughs) All right. Well, let's start with that. We all need to just take a bit of a chill pill. Yeah. Okay. Interest rates And obviously the audience is 20s, shall we say, mostly 20s, probably, you know, 30s. And so if you're buying your house for the first time now, or if you're looking at refinancing for the first time, maybe you've brought over the last couple of years, like yourself, you guys have a warped sense of reality about what interest rates should look like. Okay. Because COVID happened, interest rates plummeted. To zero, essentially. Yeah. Like the cash rate was zero. It can't go below yeah. that. And so therefore, interest rates at that time were completely unsustainable. Mm-hmm. So it was a moment in time, yes, great, that some people got to take advantage of those ridiculously low interest rates. So the only reason we're all or people are thinking that rates are high right now is because that's what they're comparing it to. Yeah. Okay. Or seeing where it's come from. Seeing where it's yeah. come from. But go back prior to that. I bought my first house when I was It must be 10 years. So I think I was maybe 21, 22 at the time. My interest rate was 6%. Yeah. And I don't remember at all thinking, oh, my goodness, that's so high. It's crazy. I remember being like, oh, it is what it is. Yeah. Because prior to that, that's it is it had that that's had what been it had what it, been. exactly like they'd never seen a two percent interest rate before yeah. so it wasn't something that i was comparing it to so let's all just take a bit of a chill yeah because interest rates had to recover
0: yeah and i know just to jump in like whenever i talk about it especially with my parents when i think they had just maybe had me and my sister interest mm-hmm. rates at that point mm-hmm. were like 18 thank you 19 percent. Right. and my mom was like if we survive that we'll survive this like it's not It's not something that I'm willing to like panic about just yet. Obviously, yeah, it is uncomfortable, especially Mm -hmm. if your interest rate or your home loan's not fixed, especially if maybe you didn't factor in potential rises into the budget. Totally. And that's the problem. Yeah, that's the big problem for me.
1: So any one of my clients that has one of those low rates and I do have plenty of them, right? Because, of course, I took advantage of that at the time. (laughs) I was like, we are fixing this in for as long as humanly possible. But I was talking to them. Everyone knew that this was just a moment in time. Yeah.
0: And you even a- said that to me. I think we had played with the budget where mm-hmm. you had said, like, if the rate goes mm-hmm. up, and you even said, mm-hmm. I'm expecting it to go up, can you still afford this repayment? Because exactly. part of my home loan is fixed, part of it is variable mm-hmm. so exactly you right. were definitely ahead of it before it happened uh, you knew was it was gonna happen that's right and but
1: that's that's all you can do like that's yeah. all i can do is in part as much educate education like education as humanly possible to make you feel as calm as possible now that doesn't help because the media is out there like making it out to be this gigantic massive problem which for some people it is, it is yeah. who don't have that education or weren't privy to that and, and for some reason who did think that they were going to stay really low so all of my clients anyone who would listen to to me i was covering off what the interest rate repayment or what the repayment would look like if the rates were at sort of five and a half six percent which is obviously where where we've landed yeah. now because then you're not going to be surprised and also where possible i always encourage people to make extra repayments yeah so you're making extra repayments. You're already used to that money going out of the budget every single month. You're already, you're, you know, your mortgage is already having a surplus being built up in it. You're already getting ahead on that. So as these things happen, it's less of a shock. You yeah. just can absorb it because yeah. you've actually been doing it the entire time anyway. You know, a client that I just met with this week, we've, he's coming off his fixed rate after two years. We, But he has been doing exactly as I asked yeah. him. Been so he's paying the extra ahead. the whole time. He's like, oh, it's fine. Like that's exactly a good position to be in. correct. That is exactly what you want to be feeling. Like that you're going to be fine. Not that am I going to lose my house, right? Yeah. So if if there is anyone listening who does have a fixed rate that they are stressed
0: about, we that can work did through them up. Yeah, a lot. Like the fixed rate is ending. What Panic, do I do?
1: Yeah. Okay. Is it? Look, it's a process. So what you yeah. should be doing is figuring out when it's due to expire. In the couple of months in the lead up to that, reaching out because we would want to be making sure that we're on top of it. Because what happens with the majority of the lenders, the fixed rate will just revert to some some crappy variable rate. Like a default. Yeah. yeah. Which is what you don't want. You don't want it to revert to some crappy variable rate. We can though reprice you with the bank to say hey bank when this fixed rate comes off yeah. don't revert it to some crappy rate let's revert it to you know a carded rate of whatever that looks like yeah so then at least we've got that then we can compare that bank with the rest of the market and say okay well, coming off the fixed rate this is what it's going to look like but over here we could also move you and we're going to save it some could money. Be better
0: yeah yeah and I think I don't know I've not I've not refinanced my home loan and If I was going to, I feel like that process would be more seamless to do it with you or with the broker rather than me trying to call the bank and trying to do that or do that comparison. But that's our job, right? Like
1: this is our job. Brokers are paid upfront by the bank to introduce the loan for them to the bank for Mm -hmm. you. And then we're paid a trail each and every single month. Now it's a very, very, very teeny tiny percentage yeah. of the loan balance. It doesn't affect you in any yeah, way. Yeah. It doesn't impact the the interest rate in any way. But that's our essentially payment for the maintenance. Yeah. Right. It's our job to keep in like keep up to date with what's going on with you, what your plans are, checking
0: in, doing yeah. your reprices. That's even our job. even when the rates started going up, I think you just like checked in with me. Yeah. You're like, is everything going okay? I'm like, Yeah, I'm all right. Like it's yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm good. I'm paying extra, like you said. <laughs> you were. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. And I think obviously we might have some listeners who are, are in like financial strain because of that. And obviously in the show notes, I'll put some help there for either the Ask Easy website or the debt hotline or any other financial services like help that they can probably get. Uh, but I would love to know if someone is actually in a position to buy right now, even though rates are rising, can you give advice on like when the best time? To potentially buy is because we had some listeners who are in a position to buy yeah best time is when you're ready okay (laughs) there's
1: absolutely no point in trying to time the market yeah i think that is a massive mistake okay let let me give you an example of that Mm -hmm. 2020 start of 2020 covid was like Rife. Yeah. Right. This is when everyone was having to go work from home. The whole world was it gonna end? Was it not gonna end? The toilet paper situation. (laughs) Like it was hectic at that point in time. And I had two sets of, or let's call them two boxes of first home buyers. Mm -hmm. Ones that were like saw it as an opportunity ones who freaked the hell out Mm -hmm. okay the ones who saw it as an opportunity and just thought okay look yes it's a global pandemic but i'm running my own race i'm ready to buy a house i know i can afford it i'm gonna jump in versus the ones that were like i don't know what's gonna happen the property market's gonna fall off a cliff you know all of that negative 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 people who bought houses have had 20 percent year on year growth for the following two years after that yeah so there is always going to be moments in time where things aren't perfect. Yeah. I'm sorry. Life is never going to be perfect. Yeah. There is always going to be something going on. But if you're continually focused on things you can't control, it will debilitate you. Yeah. Okay.
0: Absolutely. Don't get
1: into an analysis paralysis about that. Focus on you. Let's focus on what is affordable, being super conservative and run your own race. Because I'm sorry, property's not going anywhere. People are yeah. always going to want and need somewhere to live.
0: Correct. And I think... If we just pull, if we forget about interest rates for a second, it's always scary. Like there's an element there of it just being real. I was so scared to actually do it. Like I had gotten, I had had this money in my bank account and then I was suddenly going to have minus (laughs) minus a lot more in my bank account and I was fucking terrified Mm -hmm. and- I don't think the timing will ever feel right, if I'm honest. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Scary. you're going to go
1: from having money in the bank to having a debt. But guess what? You also have an asset. Yeah. (laughs) You also have a house that you can then add value to over time. So everyone is different yeah I am not saying to to jump in at all costs right like but let's sit down let's work through your concerns talk to me about like okay I'm worried about the interest rates and I would have this very similar conversation that I've yeah. just been having with you about how the interest rates aren't that bad yeah it's okay and we'll just factor in all of the buffers make sure it's affordable not be getting you into a loan that you can't afford and then we mitigate that yeah I have one interest, more. Sorry, on the interest rates. Yeah. Let's just quickly. I think they've peaked.
0: Okay. I'm Ooh, calling it. Okay. I
1: think they've picked. I trust you.
0: <laughs> and so far, everything you've said or advice you've given me has been bang on. So, yeah.
1: Touch wood. And Touch I'm, I'm touching. Wood. We're touching, touching the wood. desk, everybody. <laughs> um, I, so, I had said that they that I didn't think that they would go up in April. Yeah. But I did think that there was still another one coming. Coming. Yeah. Didn't necessarily think it would happen in May, but I did think another one was coming. Do I think they'll go up again? I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Could they? I'm not saying that they won't, but I think that we're peaking out. So we shouldn't have to, we're not going to have to worry. We've had 11. We've literally had 11 interest rate rises since May last year, which is hectic. I get it. Mm. I get it that it is not a comfortable position for anyone to be
0: in. Yeah, it's like just squeezing their budget nice and tight. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But it'll also be interesting to see what comes out of the budget conversation tonight the federal government
0: situation. So we might have to get you back for part two.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Budget breakdown. Budget breakdown conversation no one wants to have.
0: (laughs) No, well, I'm interested. Are you? And I well, I feel like if it's from you, I'm interested. Because like the way you give me the content is like very digestible and relatable. And I feel like I can understand it. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have some rapid fire questions from the audience. And again, these are most asked and I can get Morgan back for a part two guys if you love her as much as I do. But the first one is about hex. Or help loans. I don't even know if they're called help loans anymore. But you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Student loans, the debt that you get when you go to university, do they have an impact on borrowing power and should our listeners be paying off their hex debt or should they be saving for a house deposit first? What is your advice? Awesome, awesome question.
1: The short answer is yes, it does impact, but not in the way that you might think. So the way that hex works is it doesn't matter how much hex debt you have. You know, some people have twenty thousand, some people have a hundred thousand. Yeah. You know, it depends on what you've studied, how long you went to uni for. So it doesn't necessarily matter as much how much hex you have. What matters is how much of your actual gross income is coming out to go and pay for it. Okay. Okay. So, and that's based on a percentage of your income. Yeah. So, we can, what we do is we have a look and we say, okay, income is, let's call it $70,000 per year. Percentage of that is X. And that's how much we have to factor in as an ongoing Cost, liability. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, there is an impact. But what I would say is don't go ahead and worry about paying out hex and yeah. funneling your energy there before you speak to a broker. Yeah. Because nine and a half times out of ten, my first home buyers have hex. Yeah. And nine and a half times yeah. out of ten, it's fine. So there has been instances where we have needed to get rid of it, but it is not the norm. Yeah. Okay. So focus on saving is what I would say. Focus on saving, focus on saving, focus on saving. And then yeah. when you come to us, we can then have a look at the whole situation and, and let you know see. what needs to happen.
0: Yeah. I feel like that probably came up because They were increasing the indexation and it was being all over the media in the last fortnight. But yeah, I feel like maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, banks don't look at your hex like they would a credit card or an afterpay account. Not not in
1: terms of it being bad yeah correct? like yeah, yeah yeah consumer debt consumer debt exactly you got good debt you got bad debt you got okay debt hex is one of those okay debts yeah. like you you you've got that debt because you invested in you yeah you invested in your education ideally that's going to then mean you're going to have more income in the future it's good debt yeah like that's okay don't okay be mad about it have.
0: it also dies with you by the way does it yeah so if you never paid off mm take it to the grave. Wow. (laughs) Well, I guess, well, I would say, what's the Russian paying it off? (laughs) (laughs) But obviously there are some instances that it is, but on debt, this is, I'm going to say a different type of debt. We have a listener who's 23 and in about $15,000 worth of debt, and it feels debilitating. It would. I feel you. I know exactly Mm. how you feel. And she asks, is there hope? Where would I start?
1: Yes, there is absolute hope. You are twenty three. We first have to figure out how we got there. Yeah. And that goes we we had that chat earlier. Gotta figure out where that money's being spent. Yeah. I've seen it all. I've I've seen twenty thousand dollars worth of debt that was purely spent on perfume. Oh
0: my goodness. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, seen it all. Yeah. So no judgment. And no judgment. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, if that's been a, something that's been of value to you up to this point for some reason, fine. Okay. We've got to just figure out where to, how to stop that though. So the thing with, was it credit card? did not say, say. Doesn't no. say. So if it is a credit card, if that's, so for young people, I really dislike credit cards. Mm-hmm. There is some people who can use them really wisely. Yeah. You know, like. Exception talk, to the rule. Exception to yeah. the rule. They're using them for their points and they're hacking the crap out of that. But most of the time, people that have a credit card spend what's on the credit card mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not they can afford to pay it back there's very few people who are spending on the credit card paying it off spending on the credit card very very few because yeah. it's not human nature it's actually not how the credit cards built banks are smart yeah so if you can avoid getting a credit card avoid it yeah and the it's a myth to think that you need a credit card to build your credit score yeah you don't
0: no the credit score is more like if you pay your bills on time Correct. and if you pay your credit card back on time and exactly if you default on things not exactly by having one you need to prove one
1: mm-hmm. mm. so yes there is hope let's figure out why we got ourselves into that position doing a budget
0: figuring out how to Essentially, clear that debt as quickly as possible and creating a plan for that.
1: So, no, you're not going to be able to clear it overnight.
0: No. And that's what I wanted to add to this. I think, firstly, like, try not to have like guilt and shame and like bash yourself over it. Cause I think for me, I was doing that for so long and I lived in like this little like dark hole of like guilt and shame that I was in so much debt. And it wasn't until I was like very honest and transparent with you about it. And like, you just looked at me with no judgment in your eyes. You were just like, yeah, we're going to figure this out. But It did actually take time and that's the thing like you do need to be patient with it and patient with yourself because whether it is getting yourself out of $15,000 worth of debt, whether it's saving for a property, that does take time and it's not something that just happens overnight but it is absolutely possible and I'm living proof that it's possible and if I was able to get myself out of double that debt at that same age and I know how you feel but definitely don't lose hope and don't give up because – it's not worth it. I think if you get your head out of the sand and face it head on, it's the best way to go about. Face starting. it now, though. Yeah, do it
1: and do it now. Sooner the better. Sooner the better. Yeah. Sooner the better because then you get to look back and be like, okay, sorted that. Yeah. But if you do nothing, you will keep doing the just same gets thing. Gets worse.
0: Yeah. It will get perpetually worse. Yeah. And that's what happened when I was doing nothing. I just kept snowballing mm-hmm. in a bad way. <laughs> but. There is hope, so don't give up. And then our last question, and this was asked in our Facebook group this week, and I said, listen to this episode because we're going to talk about it. But is it possible for a single woman who freelances or works part-time, sorry, not part-time, casually, to buy a property these days? Any tips? So they're two different things. So
1: freelancing, to me, says self-employed. Yeah. Yeah casual is working for someone on a casual basis. Is it possible to buy a property in those two situations? The answer is yes, but it all comes down to how much income there is Mm -hmm. and can we service the debt. Yeah. Okay. So step one with getting a property is always saving the deposit. We've talked a lot about that, but then the next step is, okay, cool. I want to spend 400, 500, 600, whatever it is on a property. What is that going to translate to for a loan amount what is that going to translate to for a repayment, mm-hmm. and can I afford that and of course that comes down to income yeah so you know I helped a girl last year bought by her first home her salary was under 50,000 a year bought her first home she'd saved up and we did it with $18,000 wow
0: yeah oh my god how cool is that's that that's amazing yeah yeah and it's a stepping stone right? yeah it's no it's not going to be her forever home. no but she's in the market right. Yep. See? Mm-hmm. And I just like – thank you for sharing that example because it gives hope. And I think being a single woman myself, you hear that narrative that, oh, it's like so hard to enter the market because you're by and look, yourself. it is hard.
1: Like let's not sugarcoat it.
0: Like of course it would be easier to
1: have dual incomes. Of yeah. course it would be easier if, you know, mom and dad threw money at the problem. Yeah. <laughs> we get that too all yeah. the time, you know. There's some very lucky people out there who, who are being – given a really big head start and that's another thing I just want to add whenever I talk about to the sort of to the masses about buying your first home is stop comparing yeah because you don't know what kind of leg ups other people have had so if you're in your 30s and you don't have a home yet it's okay there's plenty of others who don't as well yeah let's just figure out how to get you you know, on the right track, but yeah, you, you have no idea how much help people have had.
0: Yeah. Thank you for ending on that. I think that's a good note to end on because that came up quite a bit too. And I think it's hard because social media, you see what people are posting, you see, oh my God, they've brought these, but you have no idea what goes on behind closed doors or what got them to that position as well. hundred percent. Just focus on you, focus on your own backyard as I say, and yeah, yeah, focus on your own pathway. But Morgan, we're going to wrap the show. Thank you so much. I could talk to you (laughs) fucking all day (laughs) i think we have to get you back but thank you for sharing the space with us please tell the audience where can they find you Oh, look, I hang out mostly on Insta at underscore Penny Finance. Start there. DM me. I'm happy to answer questions. And when you're ready, we can book a call and we can get started. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for listening. As always, if you are not already, please follow us on Instagram, your safe space pod. Follow me at Adele Marie. Join our beautiful Facebook group. Are you in the Facebook group? Yes. Oh my God. Well, you can see Morgan in there as well. Your safe space podcast community leave us a review on Apple, a rating on Spotify. It goes a long way. And tag us and tag Morgan in your story while you're listening, because we would love to see it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye.